This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building its do-good village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind, a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. So together, families can help one another. A special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care. Make the do-good village the first of many. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Garcelle does not do passive-aggressive. Dorinda ruins a good time. And once again, the winner of the week is Potomac. It's your weekly Housewives Roundup right after this. What's up, you guys? This is your host, Kendrick Tucker. And of course, this is me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2. And this is your weekly Housewives Roundup episode. So we're going to talk about, of course, we still have three Housewives uh, airing every week. We start off every Wednesday with Beverly Hills. Then we go to New York on Thursdays. And then we end the week now, thank God, with Potomac on Sunday. It's been, it was a lackluster week in Beverly Hills. I mean, we had some, you know, they, it's better. Rome has been better than the season has kind of lended itself to be. So I won't completely write them off, but I'll touch on Beverly Hills. Then I'll touch on New York, kind of like the main themes I want to hit. And then we'll do a bit of a deeper dive into Potomac because I think that's what we're all really enjoying right now. Anyway, the big thing I want to talk about in Beverly Hills, we'll talk about that last dinner where, you know, Denise kind of makes her big stand finally. But man, oh man, did Garcelle leave her mark on the state of California? Well, she, on the on Rome, I should say, on Italy as a whole. This was really the kind of defining moment of, I don't know if I want to say cultural differences or just women who... I feel like Garcelle is that person that I have in my life. Like around me, I'm surrounded by Garcelles as opposed to people that are a little more passive aggressive. If you don't know, 
passive aggressiveness is one of my biggest pet peeves in life. I hate passive aggressiveness. And Beverly Hills, of all the Housewives franchises, is really good at doing passive aggressive. Garcelle had to shut them down two times in order to get her voice out and finally be heard. The first time, she wanted to address why everyone was so quick to believe Brandy Glanville, who we know has a history of, you know, making a name for herself on the show. I, I love Brandy Glanville. I won't lie. I love me some Brandy Glanville. I'm glad she's cutting up on the show. So I won't, I'll never uh, take away from Brandy Glanville and what she's done for Bravo as a network. But Garcelle is confused because Brandy Glanville isn't around anymore. She wants to know why y'all are so quick to believe Brandy Glanville, but nobody wants to believe Denise. And you know Denise, according to her. You know, this is the person that you see all the time. This is the person that you're, is your current co-worker as opposed to your ex-co-worker. Why are you so quick to believe Brandy when you've all had issues with her in the past, but nobody wants to believe Garcelle? I mean, I'm sorry, nobody wants to believe Denise. Man, Kyle tried to interrupt Garcelle. Garcelle said, uh, excuse me, let me finish. Now, look, those are the moments I live for. Usually, Kyle, you know, Kyle keeps talking. Garcelle told her ass to be quiet. Kyle said, ooh, okay, and went back to eating that soup. I've never seen somebody go back to eating soup that fast in my life before. I was at a soup kitchen once. And Kyle could have gave them <laughs> a run for their damn money. Garcelle shut that down real fast. You fast forward to when the lady said, okay, well, I'm done with dinner. Maybe let's go have a drink. At this point, Denise is completely just, you know, she is not with it. She's like, okay, I'm ready to, I'm, you know, I'm basically ready to go, but she's a good sport. She sits there for a while and just kind of, you know, uh, soaks up what everybody's talking about. Garcelle brings up what's really kind of been one of the hot button issues on social media lately. It seems like a lot of people really agree with Garcelle and I do too. I'm, I hate, you know, I don't want to, you know, people are so quick to call people mommy shamers, but Garcelle had a good point. You know, she kind of asked Rena in a really respectful way. I feel she asked her, you know, well, what about all the Instagram dancing you do? You know, you, you know, you kind of peddle your daughter on the show, make her talk about her eating disorder, but then you kind of dress, you know, half naked on Instagram and do dances. Is that, you know, really kind of playing? Is that helpful for your daughter's condition? It must have made people uncomfortable. Dorit didn't know what Garcelle was referring to. She said, well, wait, what are you talking about? Garcelle said, well, it's not really for you to understand. I'm talking to Lisa Renner. Listen, that... That was was double gunshots. Garcelle, this episode, had to let them know, okay, now look, we can be friends. Keep it cute. You better keep it cute. If you ain't got nothing to say, put it on mute. But you better keep it cute if you want something to say to me. I'm I'm loving Garcelle right now. I need her to come back next season. I know she said she wouldn't come back without Denise. But I feel like there's Beverly Hills needs to do some rehabbing. I feel like if they kept Garcelle, Sudden, Dorit, I'll say Denise. Okay, we'll say Denise. And maybe Erica Jane. I'm on the fest Erica Jane. I love Erica Jane, though, because I love what her and Dorit give on the outside. You know, they give the clothes all day long, so I'm okay with that. I think it might be time to get rid of some of the the kind of mainstays over in Beverly Hills. Renna seems to be a hit or miss with people nowadays. 
I'm really kind of not, I'm not even annoyed with her on the show. I'm kind of getting annoyed with her on social media and that's making me, it's rubbing me the wrong way and making me not like her on the show. I don't know. I can go either way with Kyle. I don't mind Kyle so much, but I feel like viewers see a little more than I do. You know, I was good at reading Lisa Vanderpump when she was there. You know, I saw behind, you know, I I read through all of that, that Lisa Vanderpump was doing. But Kyle, I don't know. It, it, it can go either way with me and Kyle. But, you know, I think it might be time to kind of free up some of that contract money and give it to other people. Get some new people over there in Beverly Hills. Teddy, I mean, Teddy didn't really add anything to the show, and we all know that, but... I mean, that's nothing new. That's like me saying, uh, <laughs> hey, guys, go outside. You look up. The moon's in the sky. It's 9 o'clock at night. You go see a moon. It's the most surprising thing in the world. I've never seen one before. You all know Teddy is kind of damn boring. Later on in the episode, they all go out to dinner again. And this is finally the moment. You know, Denise, I want to say it's Denise, Dorit, uh, who else is it? Garcelle. And sudden, I think they're all in the restaurant. I, I, I probably misremembered that. Like, I think Teddy was there too. Actually, who knows? I just know it's only important to know that Denise was there. Hell, and then the rest of the cast finally joins. They're waiting on them to come. Denise is really just waiting for them to come so she can say, "Fuck all," you know. <laughs> Denise is tired of them. Denise finally, finally takes Garcelle's advice and says, "You know what? This has not been a fun trip. I don't like any of y'all." I didn't say that. If you think I said it, whatever. Brandy Glanville is lying to y'all. If y'all believe Brandy Glanville, whatever. I'm tired of, uh, you know, having to constantly defend myself. I'm not going to do it anymore. And she storms out of the restaurant. That was the issue that most of the cast had, that she said all of that and didn't give anyone time to kind of rebuttal her. Uh, Garcelle was out there first, I think, because she had kind of a moment. She missed her kids, and she was tired of arguing with their asses, too. She ends up going back inside, and the producer ends up coming out and getting Denise and bringing her back in. You know, saying, "We don't want you. You know, we don't want you to to leave. You really have to kind of give them this moment. You need to stay back. You need to argue with them if you go argue, and you know, you need to talk this through. You don't really stay around much and talk it through. It's kind of what they accuse uh, Candace of on Potomac all the time. You know, Candace gets mad." She balls up that tissue, you know, she dabs that right eye every time, then goes over, dabs that left eye a little bit, and then she walks out of the room because she's tired of them. It's really, it's kind of becoming like a, a theme among the housewives. Don't want to talk about it, I'm leaving. You know, Ramona is good for it on New York a lot nowadays, too. So she finally goes back into the restaurant, and then somehow everything just kind of magically appears honky-dory. So I'm wondering if this is our last Denise spotting in Beverly Hills. You know, the, we started the season out seeing that she was no longer wanting to participate. She stopped showing up for filming, but we do know that she filmed the reunion. So maybe this is the last time we see Denise. I don't know. Let's jump over to New York. So, of course, the New York ladies are still in Mexico. You know, they're, uh, they're, they're having a vacation. I don't know if they're necessarily having a good time, but... They're in Mexico. I don't know if their vacations are ever really a good time. Those are really when the seasons come for you know come to a head with um <laughs> with the New York ladies. So this episode really the main question we have to kind of ask ourselves is are we over Dorinda? I've been over Dorinda for a season or two now, to be just perfectly honest. I'm not gonna lie. I know Dorinda has kind of made herself a mainstay over in New York, but if she didn't return next season, I don't think I would be 
too upset about it. So this kind of manifests itself in a few ways on this uh, or this past episode. Sonia and Leah are already downstairs working. They're sitting at the, like the breakfast table, I guess. There are like a thousand tables in there, but everyone comes over to sit at this table. But Leah and Sonia are there first doing work. No one else is down there yet. Somehow, when Dorinda gets down there, it becomes hostile. She says, y'all are rude for, you know, uh, working at the table. You don't have to do that. Then, you know, she always, she goes where she attacks Sonia and uh, how Sonia, quote unquote, doesn't do anything. And so it really kind of becomes awkward. And so Leah closes her, you know, she closes a little MacBook or whatever the hell she has. And she's like, okay, you know, you can stop now, Dorinda, because Dorinda's going on and on and on. You know, once Dorinda opens up that I'm going to attack you can of whoop ass, <laughs> then she goes on and on. And she could not stop. Sonia is like, you know, what do I really need to do this? They're all going back and forth. So that's the first instance in the episode where people are like, Dorinda is like completely unhinged. And the thing that kills me is, so one little tidbit about me breaking the fourth wall, if you can have a fourth wall on a podcast. My dad died in 2016. If I were to be nasty to people and then I just randomly said, oh, well, you know, my dad died in 2016. You know, I'm not over it. You know, just forgive me. I'm going to be mean to you tomorrow, but, you know, just you'll be okay. Just let me be mean. The people around me would be like, boy, if you don't get your ass <laughs> out of my face, fix your attitude, and realize that you are being a complete jackass. Like, I don't understand why people really are defending Dorinda because of the fact that her husband died a decade ago. I understand that people heal differently from death, but in no way, shape, or form could that actually be an excuse to treat people the way that Dorinda does. Maybe somebody have to write in and tell me your thoughts on that. I I don't know. I I can't get behind it. I don't know what is going on with Dorinda, but that's not a good enough excuse for me. The second almost hilarious instance of them being over Dorinda is when Daria gets Daria. Dorinda gets diarrhea. And you you wouldn't imagine like how happy people are for somebody to get diarrhea. Dorinda has been just like a nightmare. And Ramona kind of mentions that you know, I've never been happy to see somebody get diarrhea before, but it means that we can all go out without Dorinda, and that means that we can actually have a good time. The dynamic was so entirely different without Dorinda there that it kind of reminds you of the fun that we're used to seeing on New York, the reason why this show is so great, but you kind of miss that a lot because Dorinda kind of flies off the hinges so often now. They were able to like they were able to actually have a good time. They invited Leah and <laughs> Leah and uh, Mac Daddy Luann. Actually, found some dudes on the beach. They thought they were attractive. They brought them back up to the house, you know, to have some drinks. Invited them out for dinner. They actually showed up, so they were able to actually go out that night and have fun with these, you know, new guys. And actually, you know, they had a ball. They brought them back to the house later on. I don't know if anything, you know, they say nothing happened with the guys, but. You know, you never know with Housewives. You know, we're still trying to figure out what happened between Luann and that pirate from 10 years ago. But Luann, we'll, we'll let you have it. He he popped up on one of the Watch What Happens Live episodes recently. I, we that'll, that'll be a vintage dive that we have to do on this show one day. We'll leave that alone right now. But the point of the dinner is they had a good time because Dorinda wasn't there. 
the last big instance of Dorinda being Dorinda, that's all we can call that's all we can call it, Dorinda being Dorinda, is when she takes a call from Hannah at the table when they're all sitting there talking. Boy, oh boy, that blew everybody's wig back <laughs> two inches at least. It reminds me of, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> you know, we can, if we, I can do an episode about bad wigs on the Housewives, no matter what franchise. Every time I think about bad wigs, I think about Nene and that, uh, that little Bob she had, that little Roger Bob she had. And I, <laughs> that's what a vintage Housewives watched right there. The Roger Bob she had in her head. She takes a call from her daughter. Her daughter wants to tell her the news that she got some program. I have no, I didn't, child, that went above my head. I don't know what program it was she was talking about, but she got into it. She, I guess she had been applying for it for a while, was super happy to be in it. So Dorinda, you know, is super excited. You know, she's really happy about it, but everybody else is kind of sitting around the table like, uh, we at the table. Didn't you just chew us up and spit us out yesterday because you do, we're doing the exact same thing that you're doing right now. Boy, you know you can't, Dorinda is one of those people, you can't tell her when she does something wrong. That is the most, side note, that is the most dangerous kind of person that there is. When somebody says that, when somebody really like genuinely believes that they can't be wrong, that is like the scariest thing in the world because not only is everything your fault, then you can never get a genuine apology from them. I don't know how you can move forward in friendships with someone when that person never acknowledges that they've done anything wrong. Dorinda is definitely that kind of person. She blows a gasket. She starts attacking Ramona, which, I mean, Ramona does a lot, you know, to warrant getting attacked. But, I mean, she's attacking everybody. The only person that really doesn't really uh, catch it is Leah, and that's because... Leah doesn't want to, you know, really say anything. She's like, Dorinda hadn't done anything to me, so, I mean, I'm not going to join in on this ganging up, which, of course, pisses Ramona off to no end. Then that brings up her versus Leah. You know, Leah's like, don't talk down to me. Ooh, I mean, it's get you know, for a bunch of Manhattan women, it gets a it gets a little ghetto in Manhattan. But that's okay. We all, we love a little ghetto. You know, ghetto makes uh, reality TV go round. And that's really all that happened on New York and Beverly Hills this week. I mean, of course, there were, we could have, you know, we could have dove a little deeper into both of them, but that's really what you need, kind of the meat and potatoes. Everything else is really kind of, you know, filler stuff. They're really just kind of uh, maybe finding balances. You know, there was some funny stuff with Dorit and Kyle riding, <laughs> riding those sidecars. You know, there are a little other stuff that we can talk about, but nothing that really contributed to the, the overall story. But now we get to talk about the winners of the week and have been the winners of the week for the past, what, three weeks now since they've been back? Potomac. Potomac, let me just start off by saying, Potomac is the definition of the fans' show. There is no other franchise that is as interactive with their fans as Potomac is. Like, literally, I when I watched the episode, I jumped on Monique Samuels Live and she started, you know, uh, letting people jump on the live, letting people submit questions, everything. And the, that cast is really good about they do this really week to week. When their seasons are going on, they are the ones that are like, okay, let me see what people are saying. Let's talk about it. Uh, let me give y'all some explanations if you need it. Let's talk about this. Let's laugh about that. Let's be mad about this. They are really good about doing that. They, you know, some housewives film and they only address fans 
when something on the show makes them look bad. These people, they want to, I mean, Potomac wants to talk about stuff when it's good. They want to talk about stuff when it's bad. They want to talk about, you know, the ugly. It's all, I love that Potomac cast. I jumped on live with uh, Monique for a minute. And I actually, if you follow the Instagram account, which is at Housewives Marvel Podcast, then you'll see that uh, I posted that clip. It's about three minutes, three minutes and some change long. We talked about, uh, you know, obviously there's some some things going on between her and Candace right now. And so I asked her, you know, with all this going on, you know, at the Atlanta Housewives are really good about, you know, they'll air out their beef and all this kind of stuff. But then when the season's over, when they're doing interviews, someone will always ask them like clockwork every single time. They'll ask them, okay, so do you want, you know, who do you think should leave the show? Do you think they should leave because they were so, you know, nasty to you? And like Candy, Nene, all these people, they're so good about always saying, well, you know what? Even though I don't get along with them, I want them on the show because I realize that they're great entertainment. That is one of the most like out of body things that a person can realize because just because you hate someone, even the fans, if you hate someone, or if the star on the show hates someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be fired. You know, we need fire starters. <laughs> and they are definitely, uh, you know, Atlanta is really good about that. And so I asked her, would she want to fire anybody? And it's really kind of funny because, you know, she gave me some shade. She gave all of us some shade, but she gave us a truthful answer too, saying, you know, I, I you know, I recognize that I don't have the, fa- one, I don't have the power to fire anyone. And two, if, even if I did, you know, I leave all that stuff up to uh, production. They see the value in the cast members. I would never want to take food out of anyone's mouth. And then, you know, she said that uh, she wouldn't fire Candace because she heard Mama Dorothy ain't paying them bills no more. So she need a check, child. I'm going to leave that alone, Monique. Look, Monique, I'm trying to be nice in that hell. I'm trying to be nice to the people. I, you know, I'm my, my fan account, I'm trying not to really attack any housewife. I try to, you know get people to watch all the shows. I try to, you know, tag everybody. I didn't that look that moment though. I, I, I'll admit, I turned my head a little bit. I had to get tickled. That was a little funny. Now I ain't mad at you, Monique. That was a real answer though. Shade, but it was a real answer. So their episode picks off with the continuation of the dinner from, uh, last week where they had, you know, kind of the, you know, Ashley's going through a little bit of postpartum. She hadn't been out the house. They want to have a little dinner for her. Giselle and Monique, you know, hell froze over, got them together and they actually planned this dinner. And it ended last week with Candace kind of telling everybody, you know, fuck you. I'm not doing this. You know, this is stupid. All this kind of stuff. And so it's really the continuation of that. She tells Robin to shut the fuck up. All right, Candace. Now, you know, I love me some green eyed bandits. Now, I don't want, uh, you know, Giselle, Mon- <laughs> if Giselle and Robin tell me to ride out, we got to ride out. Don't do that, Candace. Don't do that. They go into the stuff about Sharice because Monique is really kind of feeling the ways about Sharice being at that, uh, what is it, that Denim and Diamonds party that uh, Candace had. She's like, you know, I feel like that was super shady. You're acting like you didn't know that we had beef. You know, Candace is like, I thought y'all's beef was years ago, but, you know, they've talked about their beef, so she knew that they had beef. So she brought that up. Everyone's kind of... I don't want to say piling up on Candace, but they're really kind of addressing everything. Everyone kind of feels like she owes Ashley an apology because Candace is ruthless, ruthless on Twitter. You know, Candace has, a, you know, an extensive vocabulary. She's really articulate. 
she takes any chance she can get to attack people on Twitter. She was attacking Ashley today that she was having Dean afterwards beforehand. And so everyone was like, you know, you need an apology. Wendy kind of jumps in and was like, you know, I wasn't here last year. Is Candace the only one who needs to apologize or does Ashley need to apologize too? That kind of triggered that and Karen's comment about, you know, they both had to be ready to receive it. Karen, you, Karen, I'm not even going to go in on you because, you know, Karen, you you messy as hell, too. But you really trying to act like the mother Teresa on the season. But we'll let you be it until, you know, until you and I'm sure you and Wendy at some point go get into it. So but this makes them realize that uh, they had to have a side conversation at another point because Candace, her big thing is she doesn't want to address this in front of everybody. She doesn't want everybody uh, to kind of know how they resolve this, what all they need to say. She doesn't want to be policed in her apology, basically. They end up leaving. The cameras go down, but the audio is still up. That gives us our first kind of glimpse. Well, I mean, we've seen a little bit because we know that, you know, she invited Sharice and Sharice being around looks like it plays into it a lot. But this is really our first kind of glimpse into why Monique and Candace basically are out for each other. You know, Monique is laughing, saying, I had to do it. I had to get you about it, referring to bringing up Sharice. Candace is pissed about it. You know, she's like, no, don't talk to me. She's like, well, wait till they get the audio off us. We'll talk about it when the cameras go down. And then that ends that scene. The next big thing that kind of happens on the episode is Ashley's baby shower, which is towards the end. It's like the last 20 minutes of the episode. But... I don't want to get there just yet. I want to talk about my favorite scene of the episode. It didn't necessarily move anything forward, but it gave us a glimpse into Wendy Ofeso. I love me some Wendy. This cast, I rarely ever say that a cast is perfect. I don't want them to replace anybody. I love all seven of them. And I know Candace is a little problematic right now, especially, you know, those tweets have resurfaced. She did apologize. She did that. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that conversation she did with Funky Dineva. He let her have it. They, you know, but they use it as a moment to kind of educate uh, straight people, gay people, trans people, kind of educate everybody on why some of the language is so problematic. And I, but I, I really feel like this cast is as close to perfect as you can get. I know some people have, you know, everyone has their issues with certain characters, but I genuinely feel like that cast is almost perfect. And we got to kind of peek into the life of the newest housewife, Wendy. And let me tell you right now, Wendy talked that big shit and I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of it. Wendy spit that resume so loud on that TV. She was so calm and collected. She looked like Naomi Campbell. She had that part of the middle going down, straight down, straight hair. She had that uh, that off-the-shoulder yellow dress on. She said, I have a bachelor's in political science. I have a master's of arts in government. I have a master of science in uh, public policy. I have a PhD in community development and public affairs. I'm a professor at Johns Hopkins in education and policy, and I'm a CNN commentator then she flipped that hair and she said you know that's just a little slight work and then later in the episode we actually see her getting ready to contribute on cnn let me tell you something that's the reason why in the back of my mind i'm like okay karen is drinking a little bit of the haterade this season 
Karen is coming off as a hater because for you to say that Wendy isn't impressive by every standard of the word, Wendy is pretty fucking impressive. Wendy ran down that resume. Wendy is beautiful. Wendy has that husband and those cute kids, those high energetic kids. Wendy has a loving mother who's teaching her children everything about it. Wendy is impressive. So that that's what really has me wanting to know why Karen has spent so much energy kind of shading her and avoiding her so often this season. You know, she said they've met before and she wasn't impressed. So I'm wondering, I mean, damn, did <laughs> did uh did did Wendy hug Ray a little too long? You know, Karen think everybody want Uncle Ben. Girl, everybody want Uncle Ben ass. Hands down, the funniest mo- and I, it was a lot of funny stuff happening. You know, Potomac is always absolutely hilarious. But hands down, the funniest thing to me, and I'm going to have to give y'all some background because I know some of y'all only watch certain uh, cities, certain franchises, or some of you might be new watchers, or some of you, you know, might go in and out of watching The Housewives. When Wendy was talking about, you know, her love for her husband, and she said, ooh, I was about to call him Mr. Chocolate Child. Let me not do that. When I tell you I had to pause that TV and fall on the floor laughing i have that's the hardest i've laughed in a while and some of y'all listening might be like why is that funny that's funny because that was one of the shadiest comments to ever come out of a housewife's mouth on bravo for those of you who don't know you have to be you have to have watched the real housewives of atlanta back when phaedra was on there phaedra for a while was dating a man named mr chocolate you know this is after her divorce you know, she or while she was going through a divorce and, you know, there was all these rumors that they're saying, you know, Phaedra's dating someone named Mr. Chocolate, you know, Mr. Chocolate and all like that. And, you know, that was the remark that almost made uh, Phaedra get up at that table and bust Kenya's ass with that damn purse. She didn't do it, though. She they Demetria, you know, all of them caught her. She walked out the restaurant. But what we learned was around the time that the Potomac Housewives were coming about. We learned that Mr. Chocolate was supposedly Jamal Bryant. Now, those of you watching Potomac this season know that Jamal Bryant is the ex-husband and current love interest, again, <laughs> of Giselle Bryant. Giselle, and I guess Wendy didn't want that smoke. You know, her and Giselle are off to, you know, a good, a, a good note. That was funny as hell. I love a good crossover moment. The fact that she called that girl Mr. Chocolate and all the Bravo holics out there on Twitter and Instagram knew what she was talking about. That, that was funny. Good job, Wendy. You, I, Wendy, I'm here for you. So now let's get to the obvious climactic part of the episode, which is not Ashley. I said Ashley's baby shower early, didn't I? Ashley had her a good old fashioned down south sipping tea. Where it's when you invite all the people, you know, we've seen that on the Housewives before. You know, Phaedra kind of brought that to notoriety. I think back in season three when she had Mr. President Aiden. And she, uh, you know, that's when you invite the people over, you give them something to drink, you just kind of have the baby on display. So that's what Ashley did. You know, Michael had the baby for the most part. But then, you know, Ashley, good for her. She's kind of helping to normalize breastfeeding on TV. And what she did was, which was genius, 
she brought the baby over and she continued having this conversation that they would have to show because they were talking about like kind of integral storylines and she started breastfeeding the baby right then and there. They obviously weren't going to cut her out. So they had to show it on TV stuff like that. I love because we shouldn't still be having these kind of stigmas around something as small as breastfeeding. You know that I mean? We all got breastfed for the most part, you know, some had to go Similac, no fault of their mom or, you know, anything like that. But, you know, everybody got breastfeed. It shouldn't be something that's so taboo. Get over it. The first major thing that we see is Karen, sorry, being a hater. You know, Wendy tries to talk to her. You know, I want to know what's going on with Karen. And, you know, before she even tells her, she turns her head. Oh, yeah, so have you been talking to Lump, who is Ashley's either uncle, brother, one of those. I think it's her uncle. Yeah, they introduced him as her uncle. And uh, kind of went on about her business. Wendy just got her food and sat down. Once again, going back to show that, you know, Wendy is not crazy. Wendy says that Karen, you know, is always acting like she's meeting her, that she doesn't want her around, like she don't know who she is. I mean, Karen, we're going to have to get to the root of this. Karen, we're going to have to get on Instagram Live or something. I need to know why you don't see it for Miss Wendy. She brings up to Candace that she doesn't feel like she's ever being accountable for anything. And she says that kind of on behalf of the group. She says that, you know, this is something that everybody's talking about. We all feel this way. She, this kind of starts the thing because Monique says that, uh, you know, after Candace says, I don't want to talk about that, you know, yada, yada, yada. Monique says, you always want things to be on your terms. And that's a part of the big problem. That kicks off the issue between Candace and Monique at this baby shower. Almost immediately, they start going back and forth. I know the thing that kind of made me say, hmm, was when Candace made the comment of, you know, why are we talking about this right now? Shouldn't we be talking about other things? You know, uh, are we going to talk about when uh, Ashley's baby is going to start to look like her? Immediately, I started thinking about Portia and Eva beefing all season long because Eva said that the baby looks just like Dennis with a bow. Now, you know, we didn't know if that it felt like shade, but we can't really say it's shade because that's the girl's daddy. But it felt like shade. And so I, when she said that, I was like, was was that shade, Candace? What was that? Are you talking? What? what I, it felt like shade, but I don't know. But then again, Dean does look exactly like Michael and nothing. I don't I don't see Ashley in him, but that's his mama. So we know she had him. She was very much pregnant. Wendy then kind of jumps in and, you know, she kind of gives this little speech about friends, which make it made Monique kind of, you know, roll her eyes the first time. And then Wendy asked Candace specifically, she says, do you feel like everyone here is your friend? Candace says, well, that's a good question. I don't think I do anymore. Man, Monique must Monique rolled her eyes so hard. You would have thought she was Tina Turner rolling on the river. I don't know if Chris was Ike or what was going on in that situation, but she were, I thought Monique was having a seizure. How hard she rolled those eyes. Candace said, no, I don't feel like he, everyone here is my friend. But the funniest part after that is when Monique and Candace kind of started having this little, you know, this tiff back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, 
you know, Monique is kind of listing off the things that other people have done to her that she has. And, you know, she's saying, you know, I don't know why she doesn't consider me a friend. I've never uh, talked about, you know, her mama buying all her stuff. I've never talked about, you know, her and her husband living off her mama. I've never talked about this. I've never talked about that. And the fact that Wendy was looking Monique dead in her face, trying not to laugh, trying her hard. She's like, look, you know, I'm friends with this girl. You can't be making me laugh like this. You know, that shit funny. Don't do that, Monique. All of this ends up resulting in Candace getting up and leaving. You know, Karen and uh, Wendy chase after her. Karen end up saying, you know what? If she wants to come back, she'll come back. We can't force her to come back. So they go back inside. Ashley, you know, thought she was just about to step outside and then come back in. But she sees that she doesn't come back in. So she goes down there. And it actually leads to kind of a heart-to-heart moment between her and Mo- uh, between Ashley and Candace. Woo! These names, I, I swear, I try. It's, <laughs> when you review three Housewives episodes in one week, you trying to keep up with these names becomes like, I mean, I might as well work the Social Security office trying to flip through this. Okay, that's Tina, that's Marie, that's, ooh, Tina Marie. Anyway, I'm sorry, if you, if you haven't noticed by now, I'm the most random podcaster out there. But this leads to a good moment between them. They kind of decide to table this discussion. They're like, we'll meet in the future. We'll talk about it. We'll uh, hash it out just me and you. We don't have to be policed in our apologies. We'll say we need to say. We'll get it out there. And then we'll agree to kind of resolve it. They agree to that. Candace leaves. Ashley goes back upstairs. Giselle, (laughs) you know I love that messy Giselle. Giselle is so messy. She tries to make it a point to bring up the fact that Sharice and Monique are beefing. So she tries to get them to settle it right then and there. Monique said, well, gotta go. Monique must have jumped up so fast. Put this in. Monique was like, I'm not entertaining this shit right now. Y'all can sit here and talk about it. I've talked enough about it. I'm not about to do this with y'all. And you know, Sharice, of course, in the background, like, well, you wanted to talk about it with uh, Candace. Why don't you want to talk about it with me? Monique paid Sharice absolute dust. She gave her nothing. She, those people were asking, you know, they're saying, you know, Robin was in the background. Well, you're just doing what you accused Candace of doing. Monique didn't care about any of that. She walked the hell out of there and she went on to record that podcast. Potomac, I feel like, is the best franchise. If you look at a lot of the other fan pages, we when Potomac comes on, we just kind of, we're in our element at that point. We love us in Potomac. This cast gives the funny. They give the the drama. They give the face. <laughs> they give it all. So we go up for Potomac. But enough about Potomac. Let's talk about you. What did you guys think of the episodes this week? Were you loving them? Did any of them put you, you know, put you to sleep? They bore you to tears? Well, of course, you know I want to know. Contact me by email at housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram. I hope you do both, though. Housewivesmarvelpodcast. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Mary 
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.